Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by my partner and good friend, the great Teddy Atlas. Today is question number two as part of our Q&A series that we've just recently kicked off. So we've been soliciting questions from the uh, listeners and audience, and um, today we've got a really good one from um, Gerardo, and he sent in a um, little bit of background to set up his question. So if you'll uh, appease me here, I'm going to read his exact email, and then I'll set up the question. Um, So Gerardo writes... Teddy, I read your book a long time ago and it resonated with me. The idea that if you compromise your integrity even once, you allow your fears to get the better of you. Those things those things can own you for the rest of your life. I didn't know when I was reading it how true it was going to be for me, but for some reason it stuck with me. Long story short, I ran from a lot of things and made a lot of poor choices. And at the age of 34, I'm revisiting some of those things that I ran from. Walking through those fears, being accountable for the first time in my life. It's hard, but I know the alternative, and that scares me more than anything. I grew up poor, and my father passed away when I was 10. My mom raised me and my sister with the help of my grandmother in a one-bedroom in Newark. I always felt a little uneasy as a kid. I didn't have the words for what I felt back then, but but I would just get these feelings of uneasiness, especially around guys I thought were tough in my neighborhood. My uncle was a pro fighter, four-rounders, so I got involved in boxing at a young age and I fell in love. I'm sure everyone says that they were, quote, good, but in my case, I received a lot of extra attention from the coaches and was one of only a few guys in my gym that were ever taken to travel from place to place for sparring. Anyway, in my first amateur fight, I choked. I'm not saying I performed bad or got outworked. I choked. I couldn't throw punches. If If I threw five total punches... With any meaning, I'm probably lying. I was so scared of what would happen if I looked bad in front of people that I ended up looking about as bad as you can in the ring, like a coward. I never stepped foot in the ring again. I ran. I flunked out of high school shortly after, and since I didn't have any reputation as a fighter anymore, and I still had the same uneasiness, I figured I would do what the other tough guys did so I would, so I can hide amongst them a sheep in wolf's clothing. I sold drugs, I abused alcohol, I was disrespectful to women, a real piece of work. I met the woman I'm with now at the age of 24 and I dragged her through all the drama of my life that my life would bring. Eventually the image, the booze, the money wasn't enough. The same feelings of uneasiness started to show through. Around that same time I broke my arm in a bar fight and was prescribed painkillers. You know the rest. The drug dealer became the drug user. That drug took me to places in my mind and spirit I didn't think existed. I also caught my first drug charge and a a few second-degree felonies for good measure. I was broken. Opiates took me to a place in my mind and soul I didn't even think existed. I was so tired of being the guy I was. I was so scared to lose my wife and my son. I made a promise to myself and to my God, who I wasn't even sure existed, that if I made it out, I would be brave in capital letters, I would face my demons head on and deal with whatever consequences came my way. I cleaned my act up. I've been sober and clean for three years now. I work a job as a third year electrical apprentice around real tough guys, quote, tough guys all day. I'm one of them now. I'm accountable for my actions and responsible. If I make a mistake, I own up to it. I don't run. Somewhere in between me getting sober, I, I got the opportunity to cover boxing matches for a fairly large boxing website. I've now been fortunate enough to do interviews with world-class fighters. I was fearful going into it. I wanted, I wanted to run a few times, wanted to stop doing it and chalk it up to a cool experience, 
but I love it. I won't allow my fear to take, take it from me. I know how those story ends. So Gerardo, thanks for sharing that story with us. It sounds like you straighten things out, but know that this is a continuous battle. So keep doing what you're doing and never give up. So Teddy, the question is this. For those of us who have done some weak things in the past, things that have compromised our integrity, times when we've let fear get the best of us, how do we come back from it? And can we come back from it? Well, first of all, to just follow what you said already, thank you for being uh, so honest and forthright with that question and with the question with telling where you've been. Uh, where your path is, what your path has been. It can be good for people to hear that, to know that you can get out of a dark place, that sometimes it's the journey that's meant to be for you to get to the right place. You know, we, we never know what that journey is. We just know it's a journey. But some people think that because it takes a, the wrong turn along the way that, you know, they... They can't get to the place. That might be the reason why you will get to the place. Because you'll learn what you need to learn to take the right turn. To want to get to the right place. So the first part of it is, the first magical part of it is being honest and the magical word I'm going to use, care. That you care to be better. That you care to be a better father, a better husband, a better person, um, a better son a better human being, that you care. That's powerful. That's powerful. You can use that. You can build around that. You can build an empire on care. You can build a life on care. That's all you need. It's all you need. And um, so the first thing I want to do is what I just did. I want to applaud you uh, for sharing your story and for getting to where you got to. So... The most important thing is, and you said it well, it's all there. Understand, when you're in these difficult places, when you know, you're confronted with what we all have, fear. First, understand that the reason God gave you fear or nature, whatever you want to believe in, it's, it's fine. But the reason why you have fear is so that you can exist, so you can survive, that you can get through today. The whole trick is to not let it control you, to control it. But everyone has fear. So before you put it, before you put that label on it that I'm coward, I'm less. No, you're normal. You're normal. Just where are you going to go with it? Where are you going to where are you going to let it take you? How are you going to use it? How are you going to become friends with it at some point in your life and understand it instead of thinking it's just an enemy? If you didn't have fear, you would get killed every day because why do you not walk across the street? Why do you turn your head? Hello? Why do you turn your head and make sure that there's not a car coming? Because you have a fear of dying. You have a fear of getting hit with a car. So, But that's not put up in neon letters like the yellow fear. Oh, you're scared of somebody. Oh, you're, you're, you're afraid that you'll fail. Oh, you're, you're afraid of your boss. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're afraid of, of that guy in the corner. Oh, you, so that, that takes us to a different place. It's okay to be afraid of a car coming. It's all the same thing. It's all the same. It's there for a reason. 
to understand that is to have you ready, it's to have you alert, to have you smart, to help you win, to help you live. You have to understand that. That's the first thing. And you have to understand what parts of fear damage. And I'll explain that to you. And and our man with the letter did a great job of talking about that. You know, what comes with pressure, with fear, with pressure, with a moment, with stress, with a situation? Because that's what we're talking about, right? What One of those things, one of those things, whatever that is, whatever represents difficulty for you at that moment in your life. And what comes with that cloud of fear, that cloud of distress, that cloud of confusion, that cloud of depression, what comes with it is lies. Yeah, this is what does the damage. Because the first thing it tells you when you're afraid of something, something that our guy learned very well, is that it tells you whatever that situation is that's in front of you, that you're fearful of, that you're afraid of, that's difficult, that it's going to last forever. See, pressure, what it does is it contorts time. It, it, it stretches time out. It makes it seem longer than what it is. It, it makes you think that something that's going to last a moment is going to last for eternity. See, that's the problem. You have a situation and you got a guy in front of you in boxing or you have a situation where you have to deal with a boss or you have a situation where you have to deal with some other kind of confrontation. You think that I can't deal with it. I'm afraid of it because part of what comes with that mist of the unknown the imagination is that it's going to go on. It's it's going to go on forever. That I have to. It's, it's it's something I can't deal with. It. It's it's undealable. It's it's an immeasurable thing. It's a a thing that's that can't be can't be dealt with. No, it's a second. It's a second in your life. It's a moment. It's a flash in time. The reality is that it doesn't last long. The reality is what lasts long is not dealing with it. It's one of the sayings that I use. And for me, this is going to take you to the place you need to be taken to what I'm about to say. All in a fight. Life's a fight. Different ways, different forms, but life's a fight. Whether it's yesterday, today, or tomorrow, there's a fight in front of you somewhere. And... It is harder to quit than it is to fight. And that's it, brother. Because when you quit and you think that's your great escape, you think that's the parachute. No, that's not. That's the terminal sentence. That's the chain that goes put around your body. That's the bracelets that gets locked on your wrist where you're confined to a prison. Yeah. 
a prison, a real prison. You know what the prison's name is? Regret. Because when you quit, you have to live forever with the understanding that you did that, with the regret, and that's eternal. That's forever. That doesn't go away until you finally face what you have to face. Because there is one key to that prison. It's a beautiful key. And it's part of what we're talking about today. And don't ever forget it. There is a key. The key is called redemption. There's always a chance for redemption. But you have to understand these principles we're talking about, where it all starts. It starts when that moment comes, and the lies come with that moment, with that mist, inside that mist of confusion and stress and difficulty. That, that, that moment... That, just, that moment of whatever that moment is for you, that it's going to contour time, that it's going to lie to you, that it's going to be on forever. No, you deal with it, and it's gone. You deal with it. A, a fighter in a fight, he learns that. He learns that that moment, it's five seconds, ten seconds. If it's a 12-round fight, it's 36 minutes. That's seconds. In life, well, we're talking about that seconds. It's a blink of an eye. Think about it. What is not seconds is putting yourself in that prison by giving up and having to deal with that and feel that forever until that moment of redemption, if you're up to it, comes for you. So remember that. That's the key. For this question, it's a beautiful question. And it's a question that can help so many people. And it's a question that so many of you think about, but you're afraid to ask. But it's been asked. And it's been answered. To remember when that moment comes, when you think the way out is to give in, the way of getting away from that furnace, those flames, the devil of your will. Yeah, hell, because it can be hell. To get away from those flames that you go that way. No, understand, flames are always under you. They're not above you. They're under you. So when you quit, you go under to flames. Above you is a bright sky. Freedom. Victory. Even if you lose, it's victory because you faced it. It's beautiful. Go up. Don't go down. And I just want to point out that um, Gerardo's letter actually highlights all those things. It does. So He's beautifully. You, his life went to hell from one moment in time that he can pinpoint. And I'll guarantee you he'd rather get outpointed and maybe even dropped in that fight versus live with the mental anguish you know that he's he lived used? with. He used one then. word. You're so right, Ken. But he used one word. As soon as I read that, I said, you got it. You're a good man. You're a good man. You got it. You know what that word was? The alternative. He said, because I still feel weak. I still feel worried. I still feel it. But I don't want the alternative. Yeah. That's the key to staying out of that flame, out of that prison, out of that hell. To remember how it felt. Remember how it felt. That, that, it, that it, it wasn't an escape. It was a lifetime sentence. 
And one other example that I want to point to that um, you and I have discussed on the show in um, in the past is um, Roberto Duran and the No Mas fight. I will guarantee you that if you go back and ask Roberto Duran, would he like to take that back and continue that fight, maybe even lose, maybe get knocked out? Who knows? And, and God forbid he gets hurt. But I'll guarantee you that if given the choice to take that back, he would rather go in there and be tired and try and tie up, stay away, do anything other than say, no mas. One of the greatest fighters and toughest guys of all time. Absolutely a thousand percent right, Ken. He uh, he lied to himself for that second. And he paid for that lie. He lied to himself for that second that that would be easier. What round was that? Let's really break this down for the people in a real, real, real relative way. Really. You know, not not in an imaginary way, not in a way of of unlimited space and imagination where, you know, oh, gee, it could have been that. But to what we're talking about. And, and one other thing, and, while we pull up the round, it's worth noting, you're talking about two world-class fighters. You're not talking about a cab driver in there with Ray Leonard. This is Roberto Duran. He's a tough guy, you know, so when you say, what round is it? We're going to pull it I want to make it tangible. I want to yep, make yep. it. So it was in the eighth, eighth, eighth rounds. And, and was it a 15 or a 12-round fight? I'm gonna Because s- I'm not going to jump to 12 right away. I'm going to say it might have still been 15. But I'm going to guess it was 15. We'll clarify in a second, but let's assume if it's 15 for now. But again, you're talking about he might have been losing the fight, but this isn't a guy that's getting blown out. He's not getting – I mean, he might have got hit with some good shots, but again, this, this is a tough guy. He had alternatives. He could have held on to him, moved around, tried some different tactics versus just saying, nah, it's, it's hopeless. Because it wasn't, he's, the guy's never been in a hopeless situation. He's a, they're both world-class fighters. So to say that, like you just described, in hindsight for him is probably much more damaging than the alternative of just like figuring out, a, let's go, let's let train her, let's give me some advice. What am I doing here? I'm losing this You fight. know what stress can be, fear can be? You know what it can be? When it comes in the way I described it, that mist, that cloud, that comes to all That's of us. That's a good description of it, it comes too. to all of us, Ken. comes to all of us. You know what it is? It's like a good con artist. That's it, right. It's a con artist. It's going to con you to let you think that this road is better than this road. That's right. Not facing is better than facing. And that's fear is the con man in it's, that situation. It's exactly what it is, and that's... That's why we, we have this and we have this platform. We're trying to use this platform in as positive way as we can because I know that it's out there. I know these questions out there. I know people are suffering from this. I know people have been conned, but I just want them to understand it was a con. It doesn't have to be a practice. It doesn't have to be a way of life. It doesn't have to be a regular thing. It also it was doesn't a con. It also, How many rounds was that, bud? 15. So I thought it might be 15. All right, so, so it was he's eight. more than halfway there. Uh, yeah, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Seven rounds left. Seven times three is twenty-one, I believe. Am mm-hmm. I correct? Yep. Twenty-one minutes. So he had twenty-one more minutes. I say it again. See, tangible, real, not imaginary. Not Mount Everest, right? Not going to Mars. Not going to Pluto. Something doable. Something that we do every day. How many times in your life have you dealt with something in a cold place for 21 minutes? Right? Freezing your, you know what off, right? Cotunos or whatever, <laughs> right? I don't know. But and, and 21 minutes, you dealt with it, right? 21 minutes, he could have dealt with it. He's dealt with much harder, but he got conned. He got conned that he couldn't, 
that he wouldn't. He shouldn't. He didn't have to. So 21 minutes is all it was. It was 21 minutes. What are you going to do? What are you going to do the next time you're confronted with your mess that comes at you, the con man that knocks at your door? You're going to remember that it's only 21 minutes? Maybe it's one minute. Maybe it's 21 seconds. Remember this. Don't get conned. And I'll give you another example because it doesn't all have to relate to fighting. The first time that I qualified to do the Ironman in Hawaii, and for those who don't know, it's a two-and-a-half-mile swim in the ocean, 112-mile bike ride, and then a 26-mile run. But to get there, you have to qualify. It's on NBC. It's a it's a big deal if you're in this sport, and it's, well, it's niche. So I qualified in 2012, and I got there. I was so excited, and I, I kind of was so excited that I just qualified that I lost sight of the fact that it's still a lot to there was still a lot to be done. And about three miles into the run, as with everyone else, twenty six mile run, I was dying, and I took the easy way out, and I convinced myself that I couldn't continue. And I stopped and I left and I, and I dropped out of the race and DNF'd. That thing haunted me. Soon as I was done and I went back to the hotel, my wife was there, my kids. I was so embarrassed just for myself because I knew I quit. And it haunted me. And I said to her, I'm so pissed. And she's like, what got you most upset? And I was like, I have to come back and do this again. I can't live with this. I can't believe I just did that. It's, it's, uh, I'm still kind of in a state of shock. And it's like you described a mist. It was like a fog. And when the fog lifted, I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? So I did go back the next year and had a, a decent race and finished in nine hours and 39 minutes and, and, and was incredibly proud. I qualified a third time <laughs> in 2016. Coming off the bike, I had pneumonia three weeks before the race, like full-fledged pneumonia. And I went, tried to race, and sure enough, I got off the bike, and I was in that same spot. And I just thought to myself, well, I'm in for a 26-mile walk. And I walked a mile, ran a mile, and finished in like 11 hours. But I felt more proud after that race than the one that I did with put me up sure. close to the top. But... It, that that one failure and that one time quitting, and I only tell that story just to say, like, this isn't just about boxing and fighting. It's just about life, and there's 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 going to be instances across the board where you could take the easy way out and quit, quit a job because you're not like you don't like your boss or whatever it may be. That quitting it still haunts me. I still hate when people ask me how many times have you done that. I have to tell them three, and the first time I didn't finish. Oh, what happened? Did you crack? No, just quit, and it haunts me. And it's but. That's part of the story, and that's part of, like, you know, part of life. And, like, Roberto Duran, like we talked about before, he went back and he won world titles after that fact, and he still probably has that blemish on his record that won't go away. But that's life. Life isn't perfect, and you don't have to win every round of every fight to be a champion whatever the in whatever your area of expertise or whatever your interests are. So I just wanted to share that quick example that... Uh, Glad you did. Yeah, it, it's, it still bothers me, but, you know... It is what it is. It's something I have to live no, with. No, 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 no. You, you. I'm going to correct you on that one. It, it has made you a better man because you, you went and it helped you find out what you were capable of. For sure. Instead of what you weren't capable yeah. of. When I went there the first time, I would have been happy just to finish. After that failure, I was like, no, no, no. Just finishing isn't enough. No, I have made, to do something made to you, make me it proud. It made you a better father too, because who could be a better father than you? In your own right, I'm. Mm. I'm I'm being honest. Who could be a better father than somebody who has experienced that and knows the difference? Oh, I use that example with my kids all the time. I said, like you say, quitting is so much, e so seems so easy at the time, but it will haunt you forever. It's much harder to quit. Don't give up. 
so well put and um i'm gonna finish i'm gonna finish off of you i'm gonna finish off of what you just were good enough honest enough brave enough to tell all of us a lot of people have those stories but they're not gonna tell them and um maybe that's one of the reasons why i do this show with you and why i appreciate you but i'm going to put a put a helmet on this put a cap on this where everything we both said and what I said about dealing with this, remember one final part of it. And Ken put it well, and his whole thing is about this. No matter what comes at you with that mist, no matter what it makes you think for that moment with the lies and with everything else, don't forget one thing. Don't forget that at the end of the day, it is always your choice, not the devil's choice. Yeah, I'm going to use a powerful word, okay? We know we're just, we're, we're just using something to be illustrative. Well, I, you understand that. But it, it's not the choice of what comes with that fog. It's not their choice. It's not that choice. It's your choice. It's always your choice until you make it not your choice. Remember that. That's what this is all about. Make the choice. Understand you have the power. It's your power. It's your choice. God bless.